But tell us about Free Fire. Um, Guinness Book of Records haven't approached you yet for the longest prolonged gunfight in the film. <laughs> no, I wonder why. But um, yeah, I mean, it. I wanted to. I wanted to make an action movie, and I wanted to. After High Rise, I wanted to make something that was, um, kind of about movement and about um, action and about the cause and effect and and the kind of uh, something that was a procedural look at action rather than 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 the kind of fractal script that High Rise was which was more about talking and more about characterization this would be the other way where the where the characters were defined by action and um, and I just love those films you know I like genre films a lot and I wanted and I was sat there and I thought I fucking I can see this in my mind's eye I really want to see it but weirdly it's never been done I wonder why not and then started working it out from that but it started in lots of different places. It was partially a film that had happened because of a meeting with Killian Murphy and him saying, oh, you know, we had a drink and had a, we got on really well. And he said, oh, if there's ever anything you think I'd be good for a, a role I could do, then don't hesitate to reach out. And I just thought, fuck it, I'll, I know there's a role for you because I'll just go and write it specifically and we can get this done you know, over the... And that took a couple of years to, to come together. And then it had been a bit from Field in England. There'd been stuff in in one of the drafts of Field in England that I'd written before Amy re changed it into her thing, which was a kind of similar thing. And then there was another script I'd written which was about people being incapacitated and how they fought each other in a confined space. And I, th and, and I just wanted to see that thing where you just reduce everything right down to, to nothing, you know, that where... Um, because I, I felt that the action films had, because it had become in a way so big that anything is possible now to do that the because the spectacle got so large that the consequences of, of it didn't get large they just remained the same or became less because the characterization wasn't there and I wondered when you broke stuff down to a kind of atomic level what was there what was in a car chase what's in a shootout what happens you know why, why is it interesting why are they not interesting and kind of started to kind of riff on that to put the script together well it's that there's the, that throwaway aspect in your basic action film in your bonds that they just it's just pure carnage and there's never a sense of getting to know anybody before they get killed yeah <laughs> or, that little micro yeah or that there's there's smaller actions that never get that get kind of glossed over you know it's the it's the crawling around and things hurt and, and when you get to a certain age just if you just fell over in the street, you'd be in trouble, you know, and like it would take it, you'd be going, oh, oh, Jesus. And I wanted to see the characters have that kind of level of, it just is painful and difficult, and then they've got to survive, you know, within that environment. And it's a, essentially, it's an ensemble piece. Yeah. Um, how did you find going into that with different personalities and different types of actors in such a closed environment? Did it, was it a big challenge? No, I mean, they just, they all brought their A game because they knew there was nowhere to hide. You know, there's no because of the real time nature of it. There's no a cut to another scene where they can prepare and you know and have this emotional arc up and down or whatever. It's 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 all there on screen and there a lot a lot of them are, are together in the same scene, and that was the real joy of it. And I think we we when we did the scene where they're all arguing around the van before it kicks off, that was really the moment that everyone properly bonded and just went shit. This is you have. They're, everyone's firing on all cylinders. I've got to be as good as this to, to, you know, to claim, carve my bit of the screen out, you know. And and for a directing, from the directing point of view, it was great to see that. You could see that everyone was like, oh, getting excited about it. And and we shot it in very long takes as well, even though it's quite cut up in the movie. But it was, 
And I think that helped, you know, there'd be like six, seven minute takes so they could really get into it. You know. It was a tough environment to work in. I mean, I see a dusty warehouse. Obviously, you did work on it. You, I'm not saying you washed all the dust before you brought it there, but... Well, it was like that, Be yeah. careful of the environment. Well, the, 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 the warehouse itself was clean, you know, it was a white space. It wasn't... And, that, of and, that, and none of that stuff was in yeah. there either. So, like, the pillars and everything was all built. Um mainly because you needed it for the story to work in terms of the positions of everybody and how, where their travel is and da, 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 you know that kind of stuff so I'd, I'd spent a lot of time planning that because I knew that because it was in chronological order I didn't want to come unstuck because it's very hard to cheat you know it's like in a normal film you'd have a characters at one scene and then suddenly they're at someone's apartment and then they're somewhere they're somewhere else but you never it never concerns you how far they have to travel between these these different places they seem to kind of teleport there or turn up in their car but in this film it suddenly becomes a real problem you know? I'd say that was a pain yeah yeah so you go well how did they get from just from there to there we're going to have to see it otherwise they'll look like they're jumping around all over the place so that that became like a it's, it's often a, th- a major pain but that's often a thing with cinema where you where you there's a lot of like um, aggravation and worries and anxieties that that are never apparent on screen, you know. So it's stuff like that, we're just going, oh God, we've got to plan this. No one will ever know that it's been planned, but they'll know when it goes wrong, you know. So and, and sometimes there are those simple banalities. You find a lovely little dramatic thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I mean, as part of the design, we were doing all this stuff where it was, um, we wanted it, it to be, in, well, we wanted the set to be like a a two-tone set so that when they were standing up it was one thing but when they were on the ground it was something completely different and a lot of work and weirdly in a set you would never work this hard on the ground in terms of the textures and design of it but we wanted it to be different environments every like 10 foot or 20 foot and so there's colour changes and levels of grit and sand and stuff that were were that um, Packy Smith who was the um, set designer um, or the production designer kind of paid special attention to him. Packy um, lives in Dublin. He's a, um, a painter as well. So he kind of treated the whole thing like a massive painting. So there's so many levels of colour and depth to it that, you know, that it was, he was spent a lot of time on. Was there big reasons for the 70s setting and that kind of environment? Had you thought of other ones or was that always... No, it was always 70s and it was mainly... There's two reasons for it. One was mobile phones, totally fuck. Yeah. With thrillers, you know. The other one was that it was Mer- Killian Murphy and Michael Smiley. I wanted to work with them. I wanted to make an American film. I wondered why they were in America and what they were doing. And then it, this, this kind of the kind of soft backplot stuff of them going there to pick up guns started to come into play because I've been doing some research into the um, troubles and kind of the, I'd read stories about the the kind of smuggling of guns from using the QE2 which is just hysterical and then coming back and dropping them getting them up in New York and dropping them off in Belfast and stuff so I was like that's really that's really interesting and then I like the idea of like people coming to America who weren't Americans then dealing with people who weren't Americans in America so it's like everyone's not from there kind of you know a lot of the characters aren't from where they're from so they're in an alien environment trying to work out how you know how they got there what and what they're going to do afterwards you know a lot of friendly expats now that helped fund that Netflix fairness. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, exactly. That's clever networks. Yeah, well, that's what that well, that's the other end of it of the kind of um, uh, Sam Riley's character and um, not so much Enzo's, but the, but Sam Riley's character being the brother-in-law and you know he's connected. To, so there's the family is across into um, Massachusetts and kind of around that area. 
we're not specific about too much about the Bostonness of it because I know that they're possibly outside of um, Glasgow and Manchester the the, the kind of um, most uh, picky about the um, accents. So it's That's kind of true. you know, and also poor Boston got an awful kick in last year. Yeah, yeah. Between gangsters and priests. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a thing, and we try not to be too specific. Field in England is a case in point where it, you know, the only there's never there was never a date put on Field in England. There wasn't a date put on High Rise either. But it's all we always come slightly unstuck because there's overzealous press releases get put out. But there's no date in. Um, free fire there's no I've noticed people put dates on it I, yeah, I yeah. someone put 73 and someone put 79 on yeah, it yeah yeah well uh, it's I, I don't know I think they're using the Bob Denver song as a <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think it's I think it's late I think it's like 70 well I think the, the do the boob song is more the one it's because that's like a new wave kind of proto garage band new wave thing so that'd be like 77 78 yeah. but about yeah there is it's specifically not said because I don't want to get hung up on their shoes or some bullshit, you know, being wrong or something. So, um, and it's yeah, it's somewhere near, it's on the east coast somewhere, you know. So there's one lovely thing I know is well, I don't know if it's just pure coincidence, but like you like trapped characters. Mm. There seems to be something that you go back to feel trapped in a field, mm-hmm. trapped in a terrace, pretty much. I know there's more of a time span, but there's always there is a sense for me anyone I watch it I could be wrong, but. The house, they're still there. They, you know, they can go out, but they never feel safe in that environment. They come yeah. back to it, and even high rise, even though it's a bigger environment. Yeah, you seem to like that a lot. Is it something that you would say is con- a conscious thing? I don't think it's conscious. I think, you know, sometimes it's because simple as budget. <laughs> sometimes it's sometimes it's something. I think maybe it, it's it's a bracket that you put the the characters in so that you need to constrict them so that the drama works. You know, I think that's sometimes a, a lot of script writing I, I find is is the maze that you push the characters through and how, why have they got the boundaries that they've got you know um, we've been writing some monster script with them chasing after a monster and we realised halfway through writing it going oh the chasing of a monster is bad being chased by a monster is better because it always comes to the characters you don't have to make excuses for why they go to certain places you know and it's just that mechanics of yeah. stuff oh this is Moby Dick <laughs> yeah well no, he comes back yeah he chases them doesn't he kind of half and half it, it, it starts one way and then it yeah, goes yeah, the yeah, other yeah. way which but is Jaws as well and also it? you've got that wonderful insane person Ahab at the centre of it yeah, yeah, yeah. who doesn't care he's looking to either get killed or killed yeah well he's obsessed and so he's taking the story to the, to the yeah. whale all the time mm-hmm. But tell us, go back to <coughs> sorry to, to your actors. You've got a wonderful cast. Again, did you find... I, I was going to come in and do the old... Uh, an analogy on the old George Best joke and go, to Killian Murphy, Brie Larson, Amy Hamner, where'd it all go wrong? <laughs> but I didn't think you'd get the joke. No, no, I know that joke. Yeah, yeah. So there was a nice cast. And Amy Hammer's he's a nice actor. I actually I really like him in films. Though. Well, he's having... He's in a lot of interesting movies at the moment. You know, in the last few years, he's done some really quite good stuff, you know, and... And that, what's it? The um, yeah, what's what's the other one? He's in. Oh, well, the mine looks quite interesting. And then he was in a couple of other. Um, oh yeah, and a uh, um, final portrait looks is getting really I, good I reviews seen that, for uh, that. Yeah. Style, no, it was just in Berlin, wasn't it? I think. <laughs> and then there's um, there's another one. Oh, the other guy who did um, a bigger splash. I lo- I loved it the way he was dressed up. He looked like he'd walked off the set of Anchorman as a public broadcast service well, guy. <laughs> well, you, you say that, but it's, it's um, it was a beautiful look though. We got a um, 
I got an email from someone which sent me this. Let's see if I can find it. That's Dan O'Bannon standing outside oh of, my God. Of, yeah. the, of the alien set. Holy God. That is unbelievable. <laughs> we'll have to use that for the article, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other person the... I like a lot is... Um, uh, is it Tony Robertson? Who's the guy from um, Annie Hall who plays his mate? Yeah, Tony Roberts. Tony Roberts, yeah. yeah. Um, and Tony, and that was my that was right, yeah. where I was thinking the, more. The, the polemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and and he's so lanky. And, and also, um, Army didn't get as dirty as the rest of them. Now I don't think he got away with stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't. He didn't crawl as much. You know, he was always hobbling about because he's too cool to crawl. Uh, you know? Yeah, I was always written to his contract. How much yeah. was in yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ben. Thank you very much. Good luck with the screen tonight. I hope it goes Cheers, really man. well and the release. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks. Very good.